The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Lamitet. Today's daf is being studied with Fuashilema Rafael Aryeh Ben Sophia. Enna Rafanalo, Enna Rafanalo, Enna Rafanalo, Fatanefesh, Fuataguf, Fuatoka, Rubalabovichin, Rasom, and Omar. Amen. Today's daf is being studied with Alunishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Today's daf is being studied with Atzlacha for the efforts in Eretz Israel uh, during the latest crisis. Uh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should protect the soldiers and Be'ezat Hashem, the civilians and all of our people that are living uh, throughout the land that they should protect, be protected from any harm and HaKadosh Baruch Hu should deliver us the salvation from all of our enemies. Amen. Amen. We begin the fourth Perek uh, starting with the Mishnah Taraf Bekalpi. The Mishnah begins, Taraf Bekalpi. The Kohen sticks his head into the Kalpi. The Kalpi we said was the box. The box that had in it the tokens that had on it one Lashem and one Lazazel. So it says Taraf. Taraf means very quickly he would stick his hand in and pull out a token. Taraf Bekalpi. Rashi says, Taraf bekalpi shaninu beperik shelemala bekalpi haita sham. Like we learned above that there was a kalpi in the azara that they would uh, the box. Taraf pitom. Rashi says bitrifa ubhatifa, which means very quickly he would grab it. So the Mishnah uh, continues and says ve'ela shene goralot, and he would take out of the box two lots. Ehad katuv alav lashem. One has it, the name of Hashem on Now you should know, whenever it says lashem in this perek uh, or this masechet, it's referring to the shem hamiforash. Uh, I told you already it's a machloket which shem uh, was used. Harambam learns it was yudke vavke. But of course, whenever they would say the name, they would pronounce it as it's written. Not like we pronounce it. Um, they would pronounce it according to the way it's uh, written. So it says, Lashem on it, Vehat Katuv Alav. We don't know. It doesn't say the Nikodot that they use. And according to some opinions, it was even a different Shem. It was Shem Yudbet, Shem Membet, Shem Ayinbet. But Hanabam is Mashmah, it was Shem Yudke Vavke. Whatever Nikud. There are different Nikudot, of course, as you know, that the Shem has. We're not certain which uh, one they did. But it is considered a Shem Mephorash. It is an explicit name. The Mishnah continues. Ehad katuv alav la shem, ehad katuv alav la azazel. Hasegan bimino. 
That would be his assistant would be to his right, the Rosh Bet Av Misimolo. And of course you had the head of that day's uh, Kohanim, he was called the head of the Bet Av, he would be to his left. Im Shel Shem Bimino, if the lottery that had a Shem's name on it came out with the coin's right hand, Hasegan Omerlo, the Segan, the assistant would tell the Kohen Gadol, Ishi Kohen Gadol. That would be a respectful way of calling him. My master, the Kohen Gadol, Hagbeya Yeminecha. Lift your right hand so everybody can see that the lot came out on the right. As we're going to see in the Gemara, it was always favorable if it came out on the right hand, because the right hand is the main hand. And you always wanted it to come out, Hashem's name in the right hand, that would be a good siman. So when it came out on the right hand, they would say, lift your right hand, let everybody see that the uh, lottery of Hashem came out on the right. V'im shel shem ala bismono. And if the lottery of Hashem came on the left hand of the Kohen, Rosh Bet Av, the head of the Bet Av, Omed Lo Ishi Kohen Gadol, Hagbeya Simulcha. So then lift your left hand for everybody to see as well. Natanan Al Shene And then he would place the tokens on both of the Se'irin that were in front of him. Ve'omer, and he says, La Hashem Hatat. When he places the one Hashem, he says two words. La Hashem, Hatat. The B. Yishmael Omer, Lo Ayah Lomar, Hatat. The B. Yishmael says, you don't have to say the word Hatat, Ela La Hashem. You just have to say Hashem's name. Now again, when he says La Hashem, he's saying the Shem and Meforash. So that's why the Mishnah concludes, Ve'en onin acharav, Baruch Shem kevod malchuto le'olam ba'ed. Because they would hear that. The people in the Azara would hear the Kohen say, La Hashem. And they would hear the name. So therefore they would have to respond, like we learned um, when it says in the Pasuk, When you hear the Hashem's name, you have to give praise. Look at the Mishnah. So one lottery would come with his right hand, come out, and one with his left hand. And the goats would stand in front of the Kohen, one to his right and one to his left. Venoten goral shel yamin. And the right hand would be placed on the goat that was to his right, and the left to the left, of course. Then oni maharat keshemanskir et Hashem. So again, I just want to quote to you the well, some of the mefarshim over here when it says in the Mishnah. They would say, Hagbeya, lift your hand. So, one of the Shonim writes, Lichbod Hashem, Shikatuv Beoto Goral. Because since the name of Hashem is on that Goral, so the Segan or the Rosh Pirab would say, Hagbeya Yadecha, out of Kavod to the Shem that's written there. The Omer Hashem Hatat. Now, the Tosefta says, Amru, Ki Kohen Gadol Omer Hashem, Vasegan Omer Hatat. So according to the first opinion, the Quran was saying one word, and the Sagan would say the second word. He would say, La Hashem, and he would be answered, Hatat. And then the second opinion of Bishmael says, Lo lomar hatat, Because if you look in the Pasuk, it says, Asher ala ala goral La Hashem. That the Goral came out, La Hashem, Ve'asau hatat. Which means, and then you will bring it as a hatat. But it's my from the Pasuk that you don't have to say, 
Hatat. It just says the Goral that came out Lashem, Ve'asa, when you will make it a Hatat. She'amar Lashem, the one that you said. It's for Hashem Yekribenu Chatat. I'm an Ensarik Shiyomah Hashem Chatat. So that's the way the Tosfot Arosh understands. In any event, we begin the Gemara. Gemara starts, Lamali Taraf Bekalpi. Why do you have to do it in a quick motion? Which means, why does it say you have to grab the Goralot out in a quick motion? Taraf Bekalpi. Because we don't want the Kohen to uh, have a premeditate uh, and uh, pick a certain uh, a lot. Because he has an interest to pick the lot that has Lashem in his right hand. Being that that's a favorable uh, position. So therefore we don't want him to start feeling around the coins. Because as we said they were written sometimes on wood. So the coin technically it's chiseled in. So technically if you could feel the coins themselves, you could figure out which one has a shame's name on it, and which one has Azazel on it. So therefore we don't want any, any uh, uh, fixing over here. We want it to be a natural lottery. So therefore the coin just sticks in very quickly, and pulls it out, before he has a chance to feel the actual tokens. Look at Rashi. We don't want him to feel lehavin and he'll take it with his right hand. So therefore, in order to get around that, the Mishnah says it has to be done in a quick motion. Comes the Gemara and continues. First of all, the box that they had the lotteries in was made out of wood. And secondly, it was not considered a keli kodesh. It was considered a keli hol. It wasn't a sanctified vessel. And it was a small box, and it would only hold a maximum of two hands. Which is, the queen was able to put his two hands, let's say, in it, right and left simultaneously, but there was no more room for more than two hands. So the uh, Gemara says, Matkif la Ravina. Ravina poses a question. Bishlama ena machazeket ela sheteyadaim. I understand the logic. Why it doesn't, uh, it was not able to put more than two hands in. Why cannot hold more than two hands? Ki echi delo lichaven velishkol. In order that the Kohen will not be able to feel the coins and take out, you know, the one Lashem with his right hand. Again, because when he sticks his two hands in, if it's tight, so there's no room for him to maneuver to start feeling the coins. It's a very tight squeeze. So he just sticks his hands in and he has to pull them out. So do we understand what the logic is of making it a very uh, small box not to give the coin any room to mix his hands and feel the coins. Ela shel chol. But you tell me that the box itself is chol. Meaning it's not sanctified. Nikdasheh. Why not make it Kodesh? Meaning out of the kavod to the process, we should make the um, kalpi itself. Kodesh. So comes the Gemara and says, which is the Ritvaz Lashon over there is Pirush. Dechol de'efshar b'shel Kodesh hachi adif tefeh mepnei kavod ha-mitzvah. So you see the Ritvaz understands it should be Kodesh. Kavod ha-mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to do the lotteries. So the Gemara says, Im ken havele kli sharet shel etz. Then what's going to happen is you're going to end up having a wooden vessel that's going to have a deen of kli sharet that's going to be Kodesh. So what? So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. We have a klal that kli sharet can only be 
matichet, metal. They would not make klisharet out of wood. So therefore, you couldn't make it uh, Kodesh. So the Gemara asks the obvious question. So make it out of silver or gold, and then sanctify it and give it to Kedushav, Klisharet. Gemara says, The Torah has mercy on the money of Yisrael. Which means... You don't have to spend this money. This money is not necessary. Which means to spend extra money of silver and gold. Albedo is a small box. But smil, the Torah, is concerned that extra money that's not necessary to be spent, why put a tax on Claudius Yisrael when you don't have to? Where do we learn this principle from? So look at Rashi. HaTorah Hasa, Shnei By the Mitzorah. Before the Kohen renders his ruling, if the house is sara'at or not, he tells the owner of the house to empty out all his vessels. Alma hasa Torah. And what are we worried about? What, what vessels are we really concerned about? Al pachin We're really worried about the earthenware vessels because an earthenware vessel has no tahara. You have to break them. She'en lehem tahara b'makom b'mikveh. Imken hasa al mamon. We're worried about menial tachim, uh, uh, vessels of earthenware. So we tell the mitzvah before we render his house tameh, take out all the stuff. Now it's all outside. If you say the house is tameh, nothing's going to become tameh. So what did we save? We saved them from throwing out a couple of uh, small earthenware bowls. Kol sheken al mamon hashuv. For the more so when it comes to serious money, imken hasa al mamonam. Furthermore, if the Torah is worried about the money of Mitzuraim of lepers, well, the Muslims are going to be worried about the money of the Tzadikim in the Bet HaMikdash. So therefore, that's where you see the concept that the Torah is worried about the money of Klai Yisrael. So therefore, you're right, we could have told them, make it out of gold, and it would be Klisharit, and it would be nice for the mitzvah. But since we know that Torah Hasan Lamanam Chisayev, keep it wood, even though we're going to have to sacrifice because of that, the fact that it cannot be klishadet, so be it. Torah Hasan is more important. Comes the, comes the Gemara and says, Matnitin delo kihai tana. Our Mishnah is not going like the following tana. Detanya, we have a brighter. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mishum Rabbi Li'ezer. Hasegan. The Kohen Gadol, that's the assistant, and the Kohen Gadol, Machnisin Yadan de Kalpi. She's the Kohen Gadol, don't stick his two hands in the Kalpi. It's the Kohen Gadol, the Segan. Each one sticks a hand in the Kalpi, Im, which means their right hands. Im Bimino Shil Kohen Gadol Ole. If the Shem comes out in the right hand of the Kohen Gadol. Hasegan, Omer, Lord Hasegan says, Ishi Kohen Gadol, Hagbeya Yeminecha. Lift your right hand. Ve'im bimino shel segan ole. And if the Shem comes out in the right hand of the Segan, Rosh Bet Av, the head of the Bet Av, Omer, Lord Kohen Gadol, tells the Kohen Gadol, Daber Milech. Meaning, speak your words. Meaning, say, La Hashem Hatat. Look at Rashi. 
ואם במינו של סגן עלה ראש פת אב אומר לו לכהן גדול דבר מלך speak your words דבר דבריך להשם חטאת עכשיו גמרא says ונמלא סגן what is it the סגן just say it which means the סגן picked up in his right hand להשם let him tell the כהן straight say your words because the כהן has to designate להשם חטאת it says no if the סגן uh, picks it up the Rosh Bet Av tells the Kohen, speak your words. Gibran says, well, what do you need the intermediary? Go straight. Let the Sigan tell the Kohen Gadol. So Gibran says, Kevan de lo salik biyadeh. Since the Kohen didn't pick it with his own hand, halsha da'te. So therefore he began depressed. So if the Sigan that picked it would tell him, all right, speak your words, that would be too agonizing for the Kohen. Because as if he's saying, I got it, and you didn't get it. So therefore, we, we don't, uh, you know, we want to rub it into the Kohen, that he didn't pick it with his right hand. So we let the, seg, we let the Rosh Bet Av, he tells the Kohen, speak your words. It wouldn't be uh, proper for the Segan to tell the Kohen, as if I got it and you didn't get it. We don't want the Kohen to have Halishut Hadat. Look at Bashi, Kevan de lo salik biyade, de Kohen gadol, u biyade segan salik, halash date de Kohen gadol, iomel lo segan. If the segan is going to tell him, he's going to feel bad about it. So therefore we let the Rosh Bet Av announce it. So bottom line, we do see however, that there is a mahloket between our Mishnah and the Ibraita. The Mishnah says Kohen gadol is doing everything. Got a right hand, got a left hand, and however it comes out. Where according to the Ibraita, it's all right hands, and it's the Right hand of the Kohen Gadol with the right hand of the Segan. So the Gemara asks, Bemai kame palge. What is the mahlukar over here? What are they uh, arguing on? Mor sabar. One opinion holds. Yemina de Segan. The right hand of the Segan. Adif mesemale de Kohen Gadol. Which means the Braita holds that a right hand of the Segan is better than the left hand of the Kohen Gadol. So therefore we'd rather have right hands. Right hands take precedence over here. So therefore, you can't, a Kohen doesn't have two right hands obviously. So therefore you have to put one Kohen right hand and you put the other from a Segan. Because if you're going to do it the way the Mishnah says it, you're going to end up one of the, one of the Kodalot is going to come out with the left hand. Because he sticks two of his hands in and he pulls them out. So therefore the Braita holds right hand even of a Segan is better than the left hand of the Kohen Gadol. Umor Sabar, and our Mishnah holds, Ki Ninu. And our Mishnah holds, it's equal. And therefore there's no difference between the right hand of a uh, Segan to the left hand of the Kohen Gadol. So if we might as well give it to the Kohen Gadol, what do you have to give it to the Segan? So that's the source of the argument. Shabarah says, Uman Haitana. The Padig Aled Rabbi Who's the author of our Mishnah? Which is, we know the Bright as Rabbi Yehuda. Who's the author of the Mishnah that says the Kohen sticks his right and left hand in? Rabbi Hanina Segana Kohanimu. Rabbi Hanina was the assistant of the Kohanim. The Tanya, we have a Brighta. Rabbi Hanina Segana Kohanimu Omer. Lama Segan Miyamin. We know throughout the process, the Segan, the assistant, stands to the Kohen Gadol's right. 
So the Rabbi Hanan wants to know why. Why do they put the segant is right? Shimirab wopsul bekohen gadol. Because if anything happens to the gadol, it becomes pasul. Nichnas segan umeshamesh tachtav. So then the segan would come in in his stead and take his place. So what does that prove? So look at Rashi. Lama segan mimino sheolech tamid limino. Right, he always walks to the right of the Kohen. Kach amru b'shem Rabbi Yitzchak Levi. That's the way Rabbi Yitzchak Levi understands. Barisha amarti ben Abenu Yitzchak bar Yehuda. Lama segan memune, meaning not miyamin. He had the word memune. Why do you point a segan at all? What do you need a segan for? Sheim yara psul again, because when a psul happens, you have to have somebody prepared. Abal kozeman shelo yara b'psul. But it's not from this statement. So long as the Kohen doesn't become pasul, it's not that the Segan only enters when the Kohen becomes pasul. So the Bharidah Segan Kohen must be the opinion that says that it's the Kohen that sticks both his hands in. Because if it was the other way, the Segan's working even before the Kohen became Pasul. So they were having a statement that said that the only purpose of the Segan is if the Kohen became Pasul. Master, then until the Kohen becomes Pasul, he's doing everything. Therefore, the Kohen sticks both of his hands in the Kalpi and takes that. Therefore, our Mishnah's author is indeed Rabbi Hanina. The announcement is also the Kohen Gadol. You have two things. You have the actual picking it out of the lot. Say your words. That's all he says. That does nothing. Yeah, that's just say your words. That's not, that's not, that's not a Havoda. It's not a service. Say your words. Yeah, that doesn't count. That's not a service. I know the banana. The 40 years that Shimon at Tzaddik served as Kohen Gadol, which was in the times of the second Beit HaMikdash, Haya Goral Ole Biyamin. Always it came out that when he picked the Goral, Lashem came out in the right. Mikanda Ilach, from then on, Shamim Ole Biyamin, Pamim Ole Bismol. After that time, already it was questioned. Sometimes it came out in the right, sometimes it came out in the left. Furthermore, as long as Shimon al-Tzaddik was the Kohen in the second Beit HaMikdash, when they would throw the Sa'il Azazel down the mountain, they would place a tongue of red string around its horns, and miraculously, by the time it got down to the end of the mountain, it would turn white, which would symbolize the atonement for the sins of B'nai Israel. Mikan Ba'irak, when after Shimon al-Tzaddik's tenure, Pa'amim malbin, pa'amim eno malbin. Sometimes it turned white, sometimes it didn't. Ve'aya ner ma'arabi dolek. The ner ma'arabi, which we'll see what it was, which was one of the sticks of the menorah, would last longer than the others. And that only happened during the time of Shimon al-Sadiq. Mikan da'ilak, pa'amim dolek, pa'amim kava. Sometimes it would last longer and sometimes it would extinguish. The fire that was on the Mizbeach would remain fierce without having to add any wood. They never would have to fill the Mizbeach with more wood. Besides the two pieces of wood that it's mandatory, the Torah says, that you have to place on the Mizbeach. That that was just to fulfill the Mizbeach. It seemed to place the two logs on the Mizbeach. Sometimes the fire would be fierce, and sometimes not. They would have to actually add wood to the Marachah. 
כהנים נמנעים מלהביא עצים למענקה כל היום כולו. And after שעון הצדיק, the כהנים, they would not refrain from bringing wood to the מענקה the whole day long. Which means it wasn't only in the morning they would have to change the מענקה, the wood would get consumed so fast that we have to go during the day several times to add wood to the מזבח. ונשתלחה ברכה בעומר ובשתי הלחם ובלחם הפנים. And there was special beracha in the Korban HaOmer that was born on the second day of Pesach Ubeshteh Alechem which was the Korban that was born on Shavuot Ubeshteh Alechem which was the showbread that was brought and eaten every week What was the beracha that was in these items? Well the common denominator between these items is the Kohanim get to eat them So the Gemara says there was beracha Vechol Kohen Shemagio Kezayit If a Kohen got even a small shoot of a Kezayit of any of these items to eat Yesh Ochlo Vesavaya some would eat just a small shot of a kezayit and already they would be satiated. And some would eat and there was, they would have leftovers, which means they would be so full that they couldn't eat the whole amount. There was beracha in these items. A curse came down to these three things. Now, even if they would eat a small amount, fools like the size of a bean, which is less than a kezayit, had sinu'in moshkinati dehem. The modest kwanim, they already saw that there was a curse in the lechem, so they wouldn't even eat even a, a full size. Vagargiranin, but the gluttonous kwanim, notlim veochlim. They would take and eat anyway, and they would not become satiated. Which means the way the Maharsha explains is that in the times of Shimon at Sadiq, the Kohanim that took a Kezayit, so they would be satiated and they would have left over. And the Kohanim in the time of Shemona Tzadik that took a fool's worth, which was less, they would be satiated. There wasn't any left over. So even if you took the fool's worth in the time of Shemona Tzadik, at least there was Kedet But in the times after Shemona Tzadik, even a fool would not even provide Sibi'a. Certainly there was no left over. That never happened. But even the Gargaranim that would take a fool, they would not be satiated. There was one Kohen that took double. He took his chilek, then he also took somebody else's chilek. He took two fools. And they called him, they nicknamed him Ben Hamsan. Hamsan is a gazlan. The son of the gazlan. How do you know the word Hamsan is a thief? So the Gibbara proves it from different Pesukim. So one Pesuk says, Elohai paleteni miyad rasha, save me from the hands of the wicked, mekaf me'avel vechometz. And from a me'avel, a crooked person, and a chometz, a thief. So you see, the word hamsan, chometz, is a thief. Ravaman mehacha, limedu, let me get the exact question, yes, limdu hetev, Right, learn properly. Dirshu mishpat, seek justice. Asheru hamots. Asheru hamots would mean straighten or straighten the hamots, the thievery. Which means the ones that steal, make sure to get them to straighten themselves out to give the money back. So you see the word again. Hamots would be from the short hamsan. Okay. 
And the pasuk then says, "Ve'al te'asheru chometz," which means that the mundu ete the shum mishpat asheru chometz. Also explaining it, the shum mishpat asheru chometz, which means Gemara explains the derasha asheru chometz, which means give support to the robbed, uh, to the ones that got. That's what it means. Asheru support. The ones that got robbed. And then the Gemara says, Ve'al ta'ashiru chometz. But don't support the robber. Okay, very good. Now let's read Rashi. Let's start from Rashi on the Amud Rishon. Starting with Lashon Shel Zehorit. It's up there in the uh, Rashis. It's across from the uh, Benu Hananeh like. Lashon Shel Zehorit. Semer Saruk. That would be combed wool. Umashuch, and it was like drawn, kimin lashon. It looked like a tongue. Vesavua adom, it was red. Vekoshrin oto beros sa'ira mishdalaya. They would tie it to the sa'ir that they would throw off the mountain. Vayam malbin me'elav, and miraculously it would turn white. Vehusiman shemachal kadosh baruchu liYisrael. That was a sign that God forgave us. Shneemar imiyu chatachem kashanim kashel galbinu. If your sins are going to be red like crimson, they're going to become white like snow. Vayan ner maharavi dolek. And the time of Shonat Sadiq, the ner maharavi would remain lit longer than the other nerot. Now, what is the ner maharavi? So, if you remember in the second Shabbat, we learned the machloket. Now that she's going to tell it to us. After all the other nerot extinguished Now even though they would start They would light the Nera Maharabi in Arbit They would finish the Hattava in Shaharit Like we learned One of the services in the morning was They would clean out the menorah However, the Ner Maharabi would still be lit. Which is in the afternoon, when they would light the menorah, they would start with the Ner Maharabi. So that shows you what? That it was still lit longer than the other Nerot. So Hattabat Nerot, six out of the seven were done in the morning. But the Ner Maharabi would stay lit all the way until Ben Arbaim, till the afternoon. That's a testimony. That the Shekinah was with the Jewish people. So it's called the Parochet Ha'edut, the Parochet of Testimony. What's the testimony? The Parochet, which is the place of the Kodesh, was a testimony to the entire world. Why? Because What's the Ha'edut? They put the same amount of oil as its neighbors had. And they would start to light the menorah in the afternoon. With the Nera Maharabi, Ubaya Misayim. And that was the last one that they were cleaning. Which is they would light the menorah with the Nera Maharabi, then they would have to make Hataba on that Nair. So they would light the menorah from yesterday's Nair Maharabi that would last all the way to the next night. And uh, the Gemara says, Ve'ezu Nair Maharabi. The Gemara Shabbat asks, What's the Nair Maharabi? So the man the Amar Shivat Nirot Sidurim Mizrach Umarav. Where Mahloket? Which direction was the menorah facing in the Beit Hamikdash? According to one opinion, the menorah was going east-west. 
So therefore, what would be considered Ner Maharabi? Kari Ner Maharabi, Ner Sheni Sesamuk Lirishon Shebe Mizrah. Not what you would have thought. You would have said Ner Maharabi is the closest to the west. It's not so. It's the second from the east. Because the first Ner towards the east would be called Ner Mizrahi. The second one already is the first Ner that's due west. Correct? It's west of the first Ner. So that we consider Ner of Arabi. So according to one Chita, it's the second Ner after the east. Kedipnan, Nechnas, Echad, Umatzah, Ten, Nerot, Mezachayot, Dolkot. Fine. Leman, Deamar, Safon, Vedarom, Netunin. But according to the opinion that says, the Menorah, the Bet HaMikdash was north-south, Hayu, Em Sa'itan, Panad Mesubin Klape Ma'arav, Ve'u Karui Ma'arabi. Which means, you had the three to the right, the Nerot. They were, uh, the flames would go towards the middle Ner. The three to the left, the flames would also tilt toward the middle. And the middle Ner would be considered, would be straight. That would be considered Ner HaMa'arabi. Ush'ar Nerot Metzadedim Penahem Klape Em Sa'i. Kedekhtiv El Mul Peneh HaMenorah. So because we have a machloket, is it the center stick or is it the second from the east? What does it depend on? What position the menorah was placed? Either it was north south or it was east west. Comes the Rashi and continues. It would it would light on its own without having to add any wood. Which is once they set it up in Shahrit and they put the wood on the Mizbaya, of course, all night the wood would burn. All the Kurbanot, etc. In the morning they would set it up once, and for the rest of the day it was fine. Now, Ben Arbaim, they had to put two more woods on the Mizbayah. Now, even though it wasn't necessary for fuel purposes, because the Mizbayah had a roaring fire, but Halakha says you have to put Shnegizirim two in the morning and two in the afternoon. Shen Choba, Kedamin al right? Just like we learned in the, um, in the earlier panic. Nishtalecha Me'era. A curse was brought into the Lehem Panim, the Omer, and Nishtalechem, She'eno Masbi'o. They would not satiate the Kohanim. They called Kohen Magi'o Kefur. In the times after Shimon al Sadiq, the Kohen would get even a small amount. She'eno Kezayit, Me'achar Shira'u She'eno Maspi'o. Once already the Kohanim Tsinu'im, the Tzadikim, they saw that it's not satiating Had Tsinu'im Moshchimit Yedehim. They said already, we don't want to eat. Obviously there's not a Berachah in this. So you see from Rashi, Rashi's Majra, that the fool was Maspi'ah. So therefore in the times of Shimon at Sadiq, there's two different Shimonim. If you had a fool, it was Masbiyah. If you had a Kezaid, it was Masbiyah Vehotir, and you had leftovers. Once the Kohanim, after Shimon saw that the fool was not Masbiyah, they said, what do we have to eat this for? So therefore they were Moshkin, et Yedehem. Ubi Shimon, et Kefun, lo ayu Moshkin Yedehem. But in the times of Shimon at Sadiq, if they got the size of a fool, they would eat it, because there was a Berakha. What is that? It's not a Mitzvah to eat it. They held it was a mitzvah if it was a berachah. But if there's a kedalak, they understood that it was better to desist. Okay, Rashi Hamsan Gazlan. Ashero Hamots, Hachziko and Nixal. Right? Support the one that got robbed. Velo Chometz. Okay, not the 
run that stone. Lo Okay, this is not really our subject over here. From here we learn that in Masechet Sanedrin when the when it says ve'lochmets do not support um, the robber. So we learn over in a Bebdin whose claims do you listen to first? The Tobaya, the one that got robbed. Right, you take his claims first. Do not support the robber. But if a guy comes along and says, he stole from me, he goes first in the, in the courtroom. Okay, comes the Gemara and continues. That year that Shimon HaTzadik died, He predicted his own death. He said, this year he is going to die. Now whenever people would talk negative about themselves, they would always refer to themselves in third person. How do you know? Every year when I used to go into the Kodesh Kodashim, a old man would appear to me who was dressed in white, and he was also wrapped in white. He entered with me into the Kodesh Kodashim, and he came out with me. And this year, an old man that was all dressed and wrapped in black, he entered with me, and he did not come out with me. Right after Sukkot, he got sick for seven days, and then Shavon Tzadik indeed died. And as a result, the Kohanim stopped to make the Mirkat Kohanim with Hashem's name. Now she says, Mirkat Kohanim with Hashem's name. They felt after Shimon HaTzadik died, they were not worthy to use the Shem Mephorash anymore. So after that time, the Shem Mephorash was uh, stopped being used. Now, there's a uh, interesting derash that I once heard on this Gemara. Of course it's a derash, but there's a lesson to be learned. Shimon HaTzadik lived before the destruction of the second temple. And he said, as long as I saw the white, obviously was some sort of angel or some sort of uh, uh, positive image that he saw in the Kodesh Kodashim, he knew that he's going to live. But once he saw the Zaken that was black, so he knew already that his uh, life is over. As it happened, that year he died. So I heard an explanation like this. Shimon HaTzadik lived at a very terrible time. As we know, at the end of the second Beit HaMikdash, Am Yisrael had deteriorated. There was uh, a lot of Avonot, which eventually brought to the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. As a leader, the leader must always have hope that Klai Yisrael is going to make Teshuvah. And he always must have anticipation and yearning that Klai Yisrael will do right and will do good. So he says, as long as I walked into the Kodesh Kodeshim and I had an optimistic view, things were white, then already I said, Klai Yisrael will have another, uh, another year, which means... Everything will be good. I deserve to be the leader because I still have an optimistic view on Klai Yisrael. He says, but this year when I went into the Kodesh Kodashim, he said, I started to look at Klai Yisrael as black. 
which means already Shimon HaTzadik was saying, I gave up hope on Klai Yisrael. And he says, once the leader gives up hope on Klai Yisrael, he doesn't deserve to be the leader anymore. He says, you're going to have to take somebody else. Because it's the job of the leader to always be Yosher, to always be an advocate, and always find the good in the people in order to protect them from the wrath of God. So as a Mashal, he was saying, this year already when I went in, I don't feel the confidence in Klai Yisrael anymore. Now I'm ready, I'm, I'm a pessimist. Now it's black everything. If everything's black, I do not deserve to keep the uh, mantle of leadership. It must be given over to somebody else. Comes the Gemaran continues. We have a Braita. Forty years after before the destruction of the Beta Mikdash, second Beta Mikdash, Loaya Goral Ole Biyamin. He says, never did the Goral come in the <coughs> right hand. Never did the uh, red crimson become white. Nor did the Ner Marabi remain lit. And the gates of the Bet HaMikdash miraculously would open up by themselves. Which is a siman that the enemies are going to enter the Bet HaMikdash. Until the Hanan bin Zakai went in front of the doors and he scolded them. Amar lo. So the Hanan told the doors, Hechal, Hechal, ma atam atzmecha. He says, what are you causing the people to get terrified? What are you scaring the people for? We know already that the Beit HaMikdash eventually is going to be destroyed. Because we know already the Prophet Zechariah has uh, prophesied about the destruction. As it says, in the Pasuk, and I quote the Pasuk, Petach Lebanon Delatecha Vetochal Esh Paarazecha. That the fire is going to consume the doors and the wood of the Beit HaMikdash. What was Rabbi Yohanan saying? Rabbi Yohanan was telling the doors, there's no reason to scare us by keeping the doors open. Already we know the Beit HaMikdash is going to be destroyed. We know already that uh, we're, uh, we're in for destruction. And therefore the people know they have to make Teshuvah. So the fact that you're adding to the fear by keeping the doors open is not necessary. You can close the doors. Now she says, Niftachot Melein on the fourth line, Siman Le'oibim Labo Velikanes. That this petiha is actually a, a, a sign for the destruction. Again, the Sfat Emet over explains that Rabbi Yohanan Metzakai intended to say that the opening of the doors obviously was a siman from Shamayim that the people should start to make the Shubah. So, Rabbi Yohanan was saying, we don't need the Siman. We understand already from the Prophet that bad things are going to happen, so you can close. You don't have to have this Siman for us. Now, it should be pointed out that Maharsha says, it comes out there were three points in the history of the second Beit HaMikdash. During the times of Shimon HaTzadik, those 40 years, everything came out always good. After Shimon HaTzadik, sometimes good, sometimes not. And the last 40 years, before the destruction, everything always came out bad. So there were, those were the three sections. It was good, and then it was always questionable. Yes, something hit or miss, and then it always was miss. 
comes to Gemara and says, Amar Rabbi Yitzhak ben Tablai. Rabbi Yitzhak ben Tablai says, Lama nikra shemo lebanon. Why is the Bet HaMikdash called Lebanon? Which means in the Pesukim it's referred to Lebanon. Why? Shemalbin avonotehem sheisrael. Because Lebanon comes from the word Lavan. Lavan is white. So the Bet HaMikdash has the ability to whiten the sins of Tlai Yisrael because of the Kurbanot. So therefore they would refer to it as Lebanon. Amar of Zutra Bartuvia. Why is the Beit HaMikdash also referred to as a Ya'ar? Ya'ar is a, like a forest of trees. Dikhtiv, like the Pasuk says, Beit Ya'ar al-Lebanon. The forest of Lebanon. Just like a forest is Milableb. As you learned that word? It what? Blooms. It blooms. Ah, it blooms. Correct. Melableb. Apet amigdash melableb. So too the bet amigdash is also causes blooming. How? Because we learned this early in the Masech. The Abad of Oshaya b'Sharad shebanas Shlomo bet amigdash. When Shlomo Melik built the bet amigdash, Natabo kol mine megadim shezahav. He planted golden trees that produced golden fruit. Vayu mutzin perot b'zmanehem. They produced their fruits at the right time. And when the wind would blow them, the fruit would fall off the tree. The fruit. And the Kohanim would take these golden fruit and they would have panasa from them. When the enemies entered the Hechal, Yivshu, they dried up. Because the pera, the, the blossoms of Lebanon became umlal. They became uh, devastated. But God is going to return those golden trees. She's the kavod of the Lebanon and the blooming is going to return. Let's see Rashi. Rashi says, No, we did it. Okay, so we can go further. Kaz continues. They would take the two goralot and they would place it on the two goats. The Kohen would mention Shema Meforash ten times during the day of Kippur. Gimel Bevidduyorishon. As we learned on the first part that he brought, he would say Anna Hashem twice, and then he would say the pasuk Ki bayom Hashem Tetaru. So that would be the third time. And the second vidu that we make on the par also, Anna Hashem twice, and Lifna Hashem. And the Sa'ir they would send off to Azazel, there would be another three. 
And the tenth would be when he would say Lashem, when he would pick up the lottery that was for the Kohen Gadol said Lashem was machloket if he said now the Segan would tell him say your words and the Kohen would say either Lashem or Lashem Hatat now let's read Rashi Rashi says Shilosha b'vidduyo rishon Shilpar Anna Hashem Hatati Anna Hashem Kaper Lefna Hashem Tetaru Ve'ehad b'goralot Lashem Hatat Uchvar Amar which means, and already we have a documented Ma'aseh story, Uqbar Amar Hashem, when he said Hashem's name, V'nishma kolo bidiho. Already this voice of the Kohen Gadol would travel all the way to Yiriho, which you know was a far distance away from Yerushalayim. Obviously that was a uh, miraculous event, it seems so. Amar Ababa Barchana. Mirushalayim liricho asara parsaot. There was ten parsaot distance from Yerushalayim uh, to Yericho. Now each parsa has four meal. Each meal is two thousand amma. So make a calculation. That means each parsa is uh, four meal, which is eight thousand. Amma, and you have 10 parasot, 80,000 Amma. If each Amma is about 2 feet, so that would be about 160,000 feet. Do your conversion, it could be, okay, anywhere between 20 and 30 miles distance, which is obviously a miracle for the Quran to say the shame in Yerushalayim and for them to hear it in Yericho. The seer daltot the uh, the seer, the hinge of the door of the Beit Hamikdash, when they would open it, of the echal, nishma b'shmona tehume Shabbat. Already, it was heard eight tehum Shabbats away, which means each tehum Shabbat is two thousand amma exactly. So that would be sixteen thousand amma. Look at Rashi. Rashi says uchvar amru. Kilomar, Uchvar Ayam Maaseh. Like I said, there was a, a story, Shala Kolo Ad Yiriho. It seems when they opened the uh, Beta Magdash doors, there was a noise that it made. Uh, the, yeah, no, on uh, Yom Kippur it seems. Look at the top to spot. Vesir Daltota Echalaya Nishma Bishmonat Meshabat Tema. Here it's much, but they heard the doors open to all the way to Yericho. So now you tell me the shoot was what? Shimonat Shabbat. Now that's only two parsaot. That's not ten parsaot. Yericho is ten parsaot away. So we just told that sired daltot lo ayunishmarin ela het tehomei Shabbat, which means the actual hinges when they would open the door, you would hear that eight tehomei Shabbat. Aval ashar atzmo, but the door itself when it would let's say close, so then already you'd hear it nishmar biricho. That already would hear at biricho. So the two parts, the hinge itself was heard less than the actual closing of the door. Iname, alternate answer. Metoch hetechomesh Shabbat yomar gishin kol sirat delatot shekol adam yachol argishu kol sirim. 
which is within eight to Omer Shabbat, you knew what you were hearing. It was clear that you were hearing the hinges of the doors. In Yiriho, you heard noise, but it was muffled. You didn't know what you were hearing, but you knew you were hearing definitely a sound. If you didn't know what you were hearing, you couldn't figure it out. So that's the way we reconcile the Gemara over here and the Gemara in Tamid. Gemara continues. The goats that were in Yiriho, they used to sneeze from the smell of the Ketoret. The Ketoret reached all the way to Yiriho, where it affected the uh, goats. Nashim Shibiriho, the ladies that lived in Yiriho, Enam Srikot Lit Basem Mereya Ketoret. They would not have to put on Besamim because of the smell of the Ketoret. They didn't need perfume because the Ketoret would give them the smell. Kalash Mirushalayim, a bride that was in Yerushalayim, Ena Srikal Lit Kashit Mereya Ketoret. She would not have to also put on perfume from the smell of the Ketoret. So the Bas says, what's the difference? What's the between Nashim and Kalah, why the Lashon change? Lit Basim and Lit Kashet. So the Ridma explains like this. A regular lady would put on a certain amount of perfume, but a Kalah, being she's a bride, she would put on extra. So therefore it says the regular Nashim and Yirihon, they didn't have to put on the normal amount of perfume. Why? From the Ketoret. But the, la- the Kalot that normally put on regular plus extra, they didn't have to be Mit Kashet. Even, because they were closer, they were in Yerushalayim, so you got a stronger dosage. So they were the Kalan Yerushalayim, had like a uh, double dosage of Bissamim. They were, they did not have to put on, not Bissamim, and not the second Kishut after, because of the smell. Amar Rabbi, let's get the right Lashon over here. Rabbi El Azar ben Diglai. Ezim Hayu le Abba, says, my father had goats. And they would sneeze from the Ketoret. And as she says, That's the name of the region. An old man once told me, Says one time I went to Shiloh, that's where the Mishkan used to be, right? Mishkan Shiloh. Before the Beta Mikdash. He says, I smell the smell of the Ketoret in the walls of Shiloh, which this already was hundreds of years later. From when they brought the Ketoret in Shiloh, and he says, still you could smell in the walls the fragrance of the Ketoret in Shiloh. And she says, Already you smelled it from years back, it was still embedded in the walls of Shiloh. Look at the second Tosafot. Tema. We learned the Masikat Pesachim, Kol Umar Evereyah, and Bahem Mishum Me'ila. That we know that if a person hears something that's Kodesh, or looks at something that's Kodesh, or smells something that's Kodesh, there is no Me'ila. Vidiyek 
Me'ilahu Deleka. So the Gemara says, yeah, Me'ilah you don't have. Ha'isura Ika. But it is an Isur. So the question then is, how did you tell me that the woman and the Kalot, they didn't have to put on Besamim because of the smell of the Ketoret? Mashma what? That they benefited from the Ketor. Now true, is it Mi'ilah? No. Because it's not maybe tangible. But bottom line, the Gibra Pesachim says, it is indeed Isur. So how could they benefit? There's, there's Isur to benefit from things of Kodesh. So he says, Ha Isura Ika. My love, you have to say, Leotama Omdim Bifnim, Delo Efshar, Vecha Mikavin. So you have to say that when is it an Isur? The Isur is Davka if you mechaven to benefit. According to Abaye, even the people that were outside that didn't have Kavana, it's Mashma that it was Asur. According to Abaye, I'll have to say, it's only Asur to move closer to the Azara to get a better smell. But if you're just walking in the street and it's hitting you, and you didn't go out of your way, let's say, to be nehene, so that would be okay. So either you have to say, it's so that when you weren't mechaven, weren't mechaven, it's not a problem, or it's saying that what, even if you weren't mechaven, it's a problem, but that's only somebody that walks closer to the azara. But if you stay where you are, you're okay. Comes the Gemaran continues. Amar Rabbi Aliyat goral mitoch kalpi me'akevet. Picking the lots out of the box is me'akev, meaning it's a service. Meaning if the Kohen doesn't pick them out of the box, the service is rendered pasul. You must pick the lots out of the box. Hanaha in a me'akevet. But once you pick them out, placing them on the respective goats is not me'akev, which means once the Kohen picks up, let's say, Lashem in his right hand, so the right goat in front of him is Lashem. Now, of course, the Kapitalai should put it on. But if he doesn't put it on, it does not me'akev the service. That's the opinion of Rabbi Anai. Rehanan Amar, Af Aliyah in a me'akevit. He says, even taken out of the box is not me'akev. Rashi. Aliyat Koran mitoch kalpi me'akevit. He's the only way you designate these Sa'irim is through a lottery. lotteries. Once he picks it out with his right and left hand, it's, it's done already. Which is the right is the right, the left is the left. So if he didn't even put it on the uh, the necks of the animals, it's not going to be ma'akev according to Rabbi Anai. Next Rashi. Even the picking the lots themselves is not me'akev. According to Yohanan, if let's say the Kohen would say, this is Hashem and this is Hatat, it counts. Alright, what do you mean? You didn't do the Goral. He learns the Goral is only a mitzvah. 
but it's not mandatory. So the crib is not on the mitzvah, but it counts even if he did it verbally without a lottery. So it comes again what on says, Aliba Drabiuda. According to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that says the Amar, Devarim anasin bebigdel lavan mebachutz lo meakeba. We have an opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. We know the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur during the services at some points were white begadim. We call them the begdel lavan. So Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is like this: We know sometimes the Kohen wore the white garments for sure when he was inside, when he was in the Kodesh, that he has to wear the white garments. Anything that the Quran does not do in the Kodesh, it's Ma'akiv. All service in the Kodesh is Ma'akiv. But the Biuda holds. When he's wearing his white garments outside the Kodesh, sometimes he wore the white garments even in the Azara, any service that's done outside the Kodesh in white garments is not Ma'akiv. That's the Biuda's opinion. Again, get the Shita clear. White garments outside of the Kodesh, any service. Now, it doesn't mean that he didn't do the service. Maybe they actually said if he does it out of order. Because if he's supposed to, you know, do A, B, C, instead he does C, B, A, so long as the services were done, even though they were not done in the proper order, Rabbi Uda says, it's okay. So the Gebarah says, according to that opinion, So everybody holds, the Goral is not going to be Ma'akiv. Because the Goral was done outside, and he was wearing Bigdeh Lavan. So according to the Bihuda, there's no Mahlokit. According to the Bihuda, it's Pashut. Bigdeh Lavan, Bahutz, is not Ma'akiv. Now, we're going a little further over here. Because even though the Bihuda only said the order is not Ma'akiv, but that's only items that are considered real Avodah. But an item like the Goral, which was either not considered an Avodah, even the Bihudah will say, it's not Ma'akiv, the whole service at all. So again, the Mahlokat of Rabbi Yohanan Rabbi Yanai cannot be going according to Rabbi Yudah. Because according to Rabbi Yudah, everybody will hold that since he's wearing white garments and it's done Bahuts, Eno Ma'akiv. Look at Rashi. Alibad Rabbi Yudah. If he did the services out of order, right? He did what was supposed to be later. He did it earlier. According to the Hamyah, anytime he's wearing white garments to Kohen, whether you're inside the Kodesh, whether you're in the Kodesh Kodeshim, or whether you're outside in the Azara, the service is Ma'akev, it's got to be done in order. How do you know? The Torah uses the word Chok in the service of the Kohen Gadol. Now, Chok would imply Tasla, it's got to be following a certain Seder. Chok means like a certain. System. So he says the word Hulk is referring to not only the stuff that was done inside, but it's also referring to the stuff that was done outside. That's according to the B. You're clear on the B. He holds any time the Kohen Gadol's wearing white garments, no matter where he is, it is Ma'akiv. Now, if you want the, uh, the Pasuk,
Doesn't he wear gold the rest of the time? No, he wears white garments sometimes, and he wears gold sometimes. Even yes, sometimes in the Azara, like when he was doing the Goralot, he was wearing white garments. So therefore, Ibn Hamya's opinion is, it's always Ma'akev. Continue Rashi. The Biuda says the word Hulk is written only on Bigde Lavan inside. Which is according to Rabbi Yehuda. Everybody will hold that what? The Hagrala is not Ma'akev, which means even Rabbi Yanai that said Hagrala is Ma'akev, that you gotta, the picking is Ma'akev, but he'll agree, according to the Yehuda, it's not Ma'akev. Because finally we got a rule. White garments, outside nothing is Ma'akev. Good? Kipeligi, so where's the argument then? Alibad Ibn Hamyah. According to Ibn Hamyah that says, white garments, Outside in the Azara, the service is Ma'akev. Hey, have a Mahlokin. Man Damar Ma'akeba, meaning Rabbi Yanai, that says the Hagrala is Ma'akev. That's exactly like Rabbi Man Damar Lo Ma'akeba. Hanimile Avoda. Hagrala Lab Avodahi. Which means the opinion that will say it's not Ma'akeb in the Buhanan. He says, I'm also going like. Maybe um, Nehemiah. How could you go like Nehemiah? Nehemiah says anything done outside and white comments is Nehemiah. So Rabbi Yohanan will say, yeah, that's only an Avodah. But Hagrala is not an Avodah. What's Hagrala? Mitzvah. It's not uh, a service. So therefore, again, let's review this Mahluk. We have two Mahlukot over here. First, you have a Mahluk, Rabbi Yudan, Rabbi Nehemiah. And if the Kohen wears white garments outside, is that service Ma'akev or not? The Buddha says it is Ma'akev. The Buddha says it is not. And we have another Mahalog between the Biyanai and the Biyohanan in is the Hagrala Ma'akev or not? So the Kibbara says, according to the Biyuda, that says it's Ma'akev, the Avodah that's done outside. So according to everybody, Hagrala is Ma'akev. That's not a question. According to Rabbi. Uh, yeah, according to Rabbi Machlok, Rabbi Nehemiah, that says that the service that's done outside is not Ma'akev, there we have a Machlok, Rabbi Yanai, and Rabbi Yohanan. And I repeat again, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda holds that the service only inside is Ma'akev, however the service outside, for example, in the Azara, when he's wearing the white begadim, is not ma'akib. So everybody will hold, Hagrala is not ma'akib, because it's not outside the white begadim. But according to Ibn Amiyah, that says, all the avodah of Bigdir Laban is ma'akib, inside as well as outside, they have a mahlokit. Rabbi Yanai will say, ma'akib, finish. That's, uh, that's why the Hagrala is ma'akib. Rabbi Yohanan will say, yes, what's ma'akib? Only services, avodah. But Hagrala is not Avodah, and therefore even the Bihina will agree that the Hagrala is not Ma'akeb. That's the way the Gemara learned the Mahlukat. We have another version. Alibad Rabbi Nehamya. 
According to Rabbi Nechamiah, the Amar Me'akibah, we're going the other way. According to Rabbi Nechamiah, it says, service in white, begadim is Me'akib, kule'ama lo peligi de Me'akibah. Everybody's going to hold, Agrara is Me'akib, ki peligi, alibad Rabbi Yudah. We're going according to Rabbi Yudah, that says it's not Me'akib. Ma'adabah lo Me'akibah, ki Rabbi Yudah. Meaning Rabbi Yohanan, that says, Agrara is not Me'akib. Very good, like Rabbi Yudah. Ma'adabah lo Me'akibah, shani hacha. Here is different. Detana bekra asher ala asher ala terezimne. Means the Biyanai says a hadush. I can even be going like the Biyuda. What do you mean? The Biyuda says anything that's done outside is not me'akev. And you're saying the Hagrala is me'akev. You know why? Because this is different. Why is it different? Because we have extra words in the pasuk by the Hagrala. It says twice asher ala asher ala. Says the Goral that came up. For Lashem and the God that came up, Lagazazel. Since those words are extra, Asher Allah, Asher Allah, it's teaching you that you have to make a Hagrala because it's an exception. So you're right, normally things that are done outside, not Ma'akib, unless you have a Gizrat Katuf. So Rabbi Yanai is going to say, I got a Gizrat Katuf here, I got extra words. Asher Allah, Asher Allah. Rashi. Let's read Rashi. Bottom Rashi on the daf. Shani hacha. The Tana bekra. Afalgab the huka. Lav ala kaima leakev meakeba. Shade shana ala bekatuv leakev. Umekra yitra nafka leakuba. Meaning, even though according to the Biuda, when the Torah says the word hok, it's only on the inside. And therefore the stuff on the outside is not me'akib, agreed. But I got a special gizrat katuv over here that says, Asher ala, asher ala, twice, to teach me, it is me'akib. Now let's just read the Tosafot here for a second, the bottom Tosafot. Detana bekra asher ala. Now, what is that other rabbi going to do that says it's not me'akib it? What does he do with the words, asher ala, asher ala? So give us the Tosafot. Uman da'amal lo me'akib it. But according to the opinion, it says not me'akev. Svir alei kevan de lo ketiv sivui. It doesn't say ta'ale. It doesn't say in the pasuk you have to take it out. It says asher ala. That came out or that came up. It's just telling you a story. If the Torah would have said it in a commandment fashion, ta'ale, then you're right. Then it's commandment. So the rabbi that says not me'akev to what says will say. So therefore, the Bahlogan over here is how to learn the Asher Allah, Asher Allah. The one that says it is Me'akev, Rabbi Yanai will say, it's telling you you have to do it. The one that says not Me'akev, Rabbi Yohanan will say, it just says that's what they did, it came out, but doesn't mean you have to do it. Now, let's just conclude with. No, we're fine. So let's just review this uh, Ika de Amre. The Ika de Amre is coming along to say, that the, according to the Nehemiah, that says, outside service is Me'akev, everybody holds Hagrada as Me'akev. Rabbi Anai, Rabbi Hanan. The Mahlokan is in Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah that says it's not Me'akev. Rabbi Hanan will say, it's not Me'akev. That's why Hagrada is not Me'akev. Mm-hmm. But Rabbi Anai says, even according to Rabbi Nehemiah, now you quote Rabbi Yudah, that says it's normally not Me'akev, that's in all other services. But by 
Hagralah, since it says extra words, Asher Asher that teaches me you have to do the Goral, and it is Me'akev. Aye, what is the other rabbi that says it's not Me'akev, do it Asher Allah, Asher Allah? Sipur Devarim Ba'alma. It's not written Belashon Sivui, and therefore you cannot learn that there's a deen of Hayyub of Hagralah. Therefore it is not Me'akev. Baruch Adwali Olam. Amen.